Hey everyone, I'm Todd Wayne. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Paranomaly. Coming up on this episode, we're talking to Mike McAllister with Resurrection Paranormal. Now they're located in Portsmouth, Ohio, and they're comprised of four team members. So I'm going to bring him right over right now. How you doing, Mike? Can you hear me good? Yeah, I can hear you great. How you doing? All right, good. How are you today? Oh, uh, doing good. It's been yesterday was a crazy day, so I'm just taking a day to decompress from yesterday. Nice. Uh, was you hunting for paranormal yesterday, or was it just uh, well, a bad work day? <laughs> uh, well, I, I I still have to carry a job, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> I eight days ago we shot our Portsmouth Little Theater episode, and six days later I released part one episode. <laughs> so it's a lot of video editing. Oh, nice! And on on top of that, yesterday's uh, episode on YouTube with the uh, YouTuber Sam and Colby, I appeared on that episode with them. So yesterday was just a rush. Yeah, it's a busy. Sounds like it was really busy. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about yourself. What what got you into the paranormal? Uh, I'm a little old school. I got into the paranormal in, I've been trying to think of the date, but I'm pretty sure it was early 2007. And what, and yeah, what, what got you was, into that? It was actually, well, I mean, I'd always kind of had an interest in it, but my daughter, it was my oldest daughter. She could see things that we couldn't and I just kind of wanted to maybe understand it more so me and a neighbor got together and formed a team and then we disappeared for 12 years and now we're back awesome so you have like some pretty good things lined up then yeah we we have a busy schedule we uh (laughs) we've shot uh unfortunately you won't be able to see some of it but uh due to a conflict the thing to happen but uh so far we've shot i think 12 episodes in our first month awesome it's, it's been busy it's, we went on a five-day stretch where we shot every day and by the fifth day i was i was like i don't want to hunt ghosts today <laughs> <laughs> i don't blame you that'd be, that'd be a lot of work now was that all in your area that you did this uh we traveled about within a four-hour radius doing all that oh nice so it's all in the uh, Ohio area. So far, all our cases has been in Ohio, but that won't stay for too long. We're getting ready. To, I think next month we're going to break into West Virginia, Indiana, and Pennsylvania. Oh, nice. So let me ask you this. So you, in your area, um, what is like the most haunted location that that you know of or have even investigated <clears throat> the most haunted no longer exists unfortunately and that's the uh, emmett house it ended up being on the haunted collector show but we were the first paranormal investigators to go in there and you could just you could literally just sit in one room and ask it to set off a meter across the room it would set it off you could ask it to move something over here and move it it was one of those dream hauntings, and it was sad to see it burn down. Oh man, that's not good. Was that uh, was that accidental that it burnt down, or no comment? Oh right, I understand. So, what? I never even heard of the place. Uh, when did this happen? When did it burn down? 
Can, yeah, can you, you say can, that? Uh, you can on YouTube and YouTube, YouTube, uh, the Emmett house and okay. you can, uh, you can find our videos, other people's videos. It, it, it became a pretty popular hunt for like a year. Then it burnt down. Oh, wow. Do, do you know what the history was of it? Yeah, it was, uh, originally it was built to be an inn slash ta or in slash like bar thing. And it was when the Ohio canal was in place. But the richest man in Waverly built it. He was Waverly's first millionaire. He built it, and it never turned a profit from the day he opened the door to when it burnt down. The building never turned a profit. It was always a loss. It was always changing hands. Uh, the day they opened it, the canal closed. Oh, wow. So that place is so, like, it's already off to a bad start. <laughs> oh yeah. It was, it was cursed. And, uh, it was the biggest building in Waverly, Ohio, uh, known for not some great things in Waverly, Ohio. You can see that on the search, but, <laughs> uh, basically they, the ground froze during a nasty winter and they had to store the body somewhere. So they just lined the halls of the Emmett house with people's bodies when they would die. Oh, wow. And so it, it it was probably one of the most haunted places I've ever been in in my life. Holy cow. Yeah, I bet that place is pretty active. Oh, absolutely. So give us some more. Tell us some more about your adventures there. Uh, for Emmett House, that's the story was just one of my crew members had called him because we always wanted to go there. It was like a bucket list place for us, but we're like, they're never let it. They'll never let us in. You know, those haunted places that want nothing to do with it, but you want everything to go in there. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was our, when we got it, we we're like, no, you're lying. So we, we talked to this crew member the whole way up. Like if, listen, if you're lying, tell us now before we get up here, because we're going to be mad if we get here and, and they're not letting us in. He goes, no, they're letting us in. So it was, it was a crazy night. We went in. There's kind of this little, this is the funny side of it. We get there and they said, well, y'all a little bit early. It was like, we, it was like maybe eight o'clock. And they're like, we can't close. The band don't quit playing until 11. So he said, go ahead and set up all your cameras, get everything ready to go. But they said, you can't start until the band's done. We're like, okay. We're like, whatever you say to get in this place. <laughs> exactly. So we, they had these little mannequins in the windows and people used to say that they could see the mannequins move. So we were bored and talked to the owner and she's like, go ahead. So we just moved the mannequin set in place. And when people would look up at us, we'd like, ah, jump with it. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that kept us busy for like an hour and a half. And then eventually we, we got to start, but it wasn't too long. in. we, we realized we had a crazy, crazy investigation so we brought some other teams in and more cameras, more coverage. I think at one point we had 36 cameras hooked up in there. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, you it didn't want to miss uh, anything, did you? <laughs> no, it was like a 28-room inn, though, upstairs, plus the rest of the restaurant. Right. Yeah, I can understand. So we that's kind of why we brought other people in. And it uh, became there – there was a Paracon there where uh, Houdini and a bunch of other people came down. It was, it was a pretty big deal. Awesome. Now, do you do um, do you do residential and business locations, or do you stick with mainly uh, haunted locations where you know there's something there? We currently are probably a sixty five percent 
either residential or non-known locations where maybe even higher. I, I think at this point we might be like 80% where we're the first investigators there or it's a residential. Okay. All right. And how long has, how long have you been doing this? Whenever I did it last time, I did it from 2007 to, I want to say, I did it for probably four or five years. Okay. All right. Then we, then we, then we disappeared. But during those four or five years, it was a lot of cases. We were doing probably near 80 cases a year. We were, we were one of the busiest teams there. This is back whenever it wasn't really popular. The, the TV shows were just coming out. We were starting around the same time TV shows did. So there's maybe one other team near us. <laughs> so right. anytime anybody had any kind of haunting, they would point towards us. Right. So in those which days, led it, us to, <laughs> I'll go ahead. Those days it was, it was, you know, Slim pickings for equipment. You had, you know, a digital recorder and, you know, a camcorder. A uh, yeah, you know, that's that's all you had. Yeah, we. I remember when EMFs were for EMF meters were first introduced, and we were starting out with elf meters, extremely low, low frequency meters, and then someone came up with a K two, and we we're like, okay, we'll try that. And you know, is is I remember when I remember the first shack hacks were made. I was around the guy after he had. Designed Designed him. He brought him over to a conference we were at, and he's like, "Check these things out." And he stood there at the conference and taught us how to make them out of the Radio Shack radios. Nice. Well, that's uh, that's what we so, do. You you parachute. Oh, absolutely. And then cases kept going. We we got a bunch of crazy ones. Of course, you know Waverly Hills was just becoming a place, so we got to go there pretty early on. Uh, the Probably the one we were most known for back then was, have you heard of the Blair House? Oh, yes, yes. I was the first investigator for the Blair House. Oh, nice. That's what uh, Sam and Colby wanted the interview for. They wanted to talk to the guy who was the very first person in there. It was a client call that, uh, you know, turned into that. So tell us a little bit about the Blair House. Um, and it. It's a, it's a crazy, crazy story how it went. Basically we showed up extreme claims and we went in thinking we're driving three and a half hours. We're staying here about halfway through the night. It had already threatened all of us there. It put marks on us. It threw a tambourine at me at one point. And by the stuff it was saying where I asked, what are you going to do if we stay here? And it said, I'm going to kill her. And it's talking to my wife. Oh wow! I we decided we weren't staying. We we all agreed we'll just go ahead and drive through the night. We drive back, then we call we call the owner. We tell her the whole deal, and then we end up coming back uh, like two weeks later to do a, a follow up. And some guy said he was going to cleanse the house. That didn't necessarily work, as you can tell. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, and then eventually I get a call and they said, Hey, they're wanting to shoot a documentary. Can you be up here? So we shot the documentary and then stuff's kept going bad. Like I left one day, I'm giving you the very long and short. This was, uh, this was very trying on me. I got attachments from the case. I went home one day and the panel on my bathtub, the day I got home from the Blair house, the whole panel, like, like an eight foot panel goes flying across the room. Oh I, wow! I don't even, I don't even have activity at my home. 
I was literally as cursed as I can be. Bad stuff's happening all around me. But in the in the paranormal field, everything's growing. We went on, on uh, my ghost story with the, with the story of the Blair House. People are starting to know who we are. That's really big, but it just everything else was falling apart due to basically this thing taking it out on me. Oh wow! So so how how did you get rid of the attachment? Or you still have it a little bit? Um, I don't necessarily. I, I believe there's something like. I don't know. I watched a horror movie where they talked about the haunting being like in the background of their mind at all times. So it could come back out later. I kind of feel like that's mine, but not necessarily like I feel better. Life changed for me. I be, I got a sex, uh, a successful career after that. I wanted nothing to do with the paranormal. I was just living my life. And then here I am again. Yeah, kind of, kind of calls you right back in is what happens. Uh, yeah, well, my kids became fans of that Sam and Colby show, and they, Dad, you gotta. Well, they come in one day and they go, "You ever heard of the haunted Blair House?" I said, "No, never heard of it." <laughs> you know, I was the first one there, so it was a funny little joke. And then they watched the documentary and they're like, "Dad, you were in that," and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> so they wanted to meet him. They were going to the Blair house. I called up, you know, the people that, the, you know, the homeowner. And I said, Hey, um, could my kids meet them? And she was like, I don't think they'll care, but let's see. I said, tell them I'll do my first interview in like 11 years. And they quickly got back and said, absolutely. Bring your kids. <laughs> nice. They, they wanted to hear the story. Cause I really never told them the story. I told bits and pieces on things, but never really told the whole story of what happened up there. And I mean, it without going into any too much detail, some of this is real personal stuff that I can't get into, but it threatened me at the time I thought was threats, but it was actually telling me bad stuff that was about to happen to me and people around me. And it all literally came true. Oh, wow. It, we did a little, God, like a meeting thing. They were doing a healing meeting retreat up there. Nothing to do with the Blair house. We had to do with the homeowner from there, but not that. So they invited me up just as a person to come up because I guess they all wanted to meet me when we were up there. I was like, okay, no problem. I'll come up. And while we're there, they're like, Hey, we want to go down to the Blair house and have you hunt with us. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I was like, it's, you know, this thing's taking its toll on me. And uh, let's just say they were very persuasive with the amount of equipment they were willing to buy me to go in there. <laughs> so I was like, okay, fine. I'll take y'all in. And there ended up, we ended up getting an attachment to one of the, one of the girls in there. The windows started shaking in the place where we were at the retreat after we'd returned. Wow. We noticed that she hadn't woke up like the rest of us the next morning. She was in bed and it was like two o'clock. So somebody went to check on her and, why they were checking on her, the clocks was running in reverse in the room. Wow. And it got real dark and we ended up doing kind of a cleansing of that place. And it, it just, it was always something I did a public, the first public tours of the Belair house. And I watched a girl get shoved like three feet up against the wall. And after that, nobody wanted to continue the public tour. Oh, Wow. 
Yeah. So, so there's definitely a lot of things that happen there. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh you know, the stories I've heard of the place, it, uh, it definitely sounds like, well, it would definitely be something I would be interested in staying at. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, but I mean, we've this time around, we've, we're coming at it completely different. I, I don't, I, I don't know how to say we're coming at it, but we're coming at it completely different. It's a different energy. It's, I'm trying to both advance, like, you know, trying to do my, cause I'm an equipment builder. Okay. So I've already built like three or four pieces of equipment my first month back. Oh, very good. Or, or advanced on equipment that already exists. So what, so I'm I'm trying to go for that, but at the same time, I'll go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, trying to go for that angle, but we're, we're trying, what we're trying to not get away from and what it became last time was it was not fun. So what do you mean? Explain. It was, it was, it's, it started being not fun. It become a chore, a job. It became the dark things that happened to us. It literally stopped being fun at some point. Okay. I understand. And I, I wanted it to go back this time and make sure it stays as fun. I want to make sure that, while it is something we're trying to help people with, while we are trying to research, while we are trying to advance in the field, while we are trying to tell the story to people who you know are interested in this, that's one of our biggest things is showing people what ghost hunts are really like. And that's I think that's what drove us back into here. Honestly, I watched a few shows and I was like, I'm not trying to knock the shows, but I'm like, what are you doing? Like, it's all like theatrics and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's cool and all, but you're not really showing the real side of this. Well, right. It's, it's, uh, it's for entertainment. You know, they get, they get their, their, uh, money off of likes. So, you know, that if they can make it scary, then they're going to have tons of people that like it. Oh, absolutely. Our, Our whole thing. And my biggest thing about my show is that once the, like once we get past the interview and we actually start the investigation, there is no effects. There is no sound. Like there's no music, nothing like that. Nothing to intensify it. We do all that in the interview and back to the beginning. Sure. But, but once you, the, you do realize though, as, if you do it that way, not a lot of people's going to actually watch it because being truthful and, you know, showing what actually you have to do, we all know how boring it is. I mean, you can sit for two days and not get anything. So I think you're going to have to somehow spruce it up a little bit, maybe some, some creepy music, but that's about it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think we got enough of, a, of, an, of an edge of what we're doing. I mean, we keep it real interesting. We try to, you know, show what parts we can. I, I, I think it's, while I don't ever think we're going to get to that size, the, the massive size that you get, I think we'll get to where, you know, we find the niche of, as, of what we want. You know, that's, that's our big thing. And as it goes, who knows, maybe some things will adapt and all that. But my big thing is showing everything naturally and not just trying to make it a show. Yeah. I like that idea because it's like you said, you turn on any pair of TV show and it is, you know, the creepy music and the evidence back to back, which we know that they could have been there for two days and you know, it took them that long to get some of that stuff. 
Oh, yeah. The one thing I will notice is, or I have noticed, is that some of these audience members, the ones, especially nowadays, they just want you to like kind of some of it, they want to see it raw and just kind of become the investigator a little bit themselves. Yeah. They want to watch it. They want to watch it and find the evidence that you missed. Yes. And, and I like that. Uh, Cause basically when I, I don't watch those shows, but whenever I do, um, I'm really critiquing what's going on and I'm listening for things that they might have missed. So yeah, I totally get that. And that's the thing I see the audience doing. And uh, I mean, I'm sure we're, we're going to adapt because we're so new. I mean, we're only in our second episode. So what you see today is not what it's going to be in five episodes. I'm aware, you know, we're going to have to change. I just see stuff I want to change, but I, I want to hold to some core, you know, a main core principle of being truthful. Even if it means that we don't get as many clicks, I want to be truthful. Right. Exactly. And and I love that I, because there's, I mean, people get into this profession I want to call it a profession. It's more of a, um, <laughs> it's more of a, man, I don't even know how to say it. It's, it's an obsession really. Uh, but you know, people, they see this TV stuff and it follows with them like that. And it's definitely not how it is. And, uh, you know, I really, I'm glad that, that you're saying that you want to do this, uh, without the theatrics and you want to make it so that people, see what you're doing and how you do it and follow along with you. You're, you're kind of sharing knowledge. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to show what I want to do is I want to make a show where the, you know, novice at home that just want, that just loves the, loves the field or is interested in the field can watch it and enjoy it. But also want to make something where if you're in the field, you can also watch it and enjoy it. That's now I understand not, not as many people who are involved in the field watch as much of it because I don't watch all of it. You know, I watch a few here and there, but I try to support people that I that I I've either met or or I feel like do a good job. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of my angle. Will I ever make it to a million subscribers? Probably not. Do I care? Not, not really. I just want to go have fun. And as long as we're having fun and we're showing truthful and all that, that that's where all, where I'll be happy. Yeah. And it, you know, it sounds like it. I mean, that's, that's like what makes my part of a podcaster. That's what makes it tough because I try to vest everybody before I have them on because I want to see what kind of people they are. And I didn't quite get to do that with you, but um, I'm really glad that I got a chance to have you on here because I, I really like what you're saying. I, I, I love that direction that you're going. Well, well, thank you. And, uh, I'll say this much. I saw your, your comment show up and I was like, no, I won't do it. Like, you know I mean? I just passed. And then I sat there and I went a little, went back to work and I pulled my phone up and where does it take me right back to your comment? So I was like, you know what? It's telling me I need to go on with him. So cool. Here it is. That's right. <laughs> it, it was, <laughs> it was calling you. <laughs> I, 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 I believe that there, I hate to say this statement, but I believe there is really more than just coincidence when it comes to something. So I try to let that be my lead. If it's pulling me some way, 
I just try to follow it and see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like when you're investigating. I mean, I like using REM pods and things too, but I definitely always go back to the basics. And your body is the best instrument that you can have. It, it's going to tell you if there's temperature changes. It's going to let you know if there's some kind of electric magnetic field. You're going to feel it. You're going to tingle. You're going to, you know, you get all these things. And pairing that with, you know, a digital recorder, heck, you, you pretty much have everything you need right there. Have you, uh, have you watched my TikToks? I, I seen a couple. Okay. So I literally did that. Video. I was laughing as you said it. I was like, to me, the best piece of paranormal equipment is your own body. I just made a video like that like <laughs> uh, two weeks ago. So I was laughing as you said it because I'm like, he literally is, is like right on, we're right on cue with each other. And I think that's really underused. The voice recorder that when I came back, I look at all this stuff and I'm like, all it is, is just fancy dolled up versions of the basic equipment that we used. Exactly. I I hundred percent agree. I mean, you can get like I'm building a ghost box. I'm building a. It's, it's to me. I'll never be. You can never change my mind with using uh, delays and noise gates because you're you're really taken away from it. But um, I see a lot of people making their own ghost boxes so i'm like well i'm gonna make one and i'm gonna call it the oracle box and i'm gonna see how it how it reacts to what i needed to do but i i can't say that that would be my favorite piece of equipment because i really love the fact of using a digital recorder getting a you know you you go someplace and you get a child's voice and there ain't no children there and you're like where did the voice come from? To me, I think that's pretty much, you know, that is some some darn good evidence right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, my big thing, like, a lot of people, they'll, they'll get, like, a K2 hit, and they're like, oh, that's paranormal. I'm like, hold on a minute. It might be. I was like, or it might not be. I was like, so let's do it on cue. And when I can, whenever I can say one, two, three, and you set it off, okay, now we got more substantial data. Right. All those things can be, be used, but it's not like every time a meter goes off, it's a spooky ghost, you know? <laughs> right. There's more to ghosts than, you know, that bump on the wall. It could be a mouse. It could be anything. I try to tell people, you know, use an open mind. Always question everything. Don't blindly believe because you're going to set yourself up for, you know, you're going to be disappointed because it's not how it works. It, it could be that meter could go off because of a solar flare that happened four hours ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you know, that's why I try to do on cue stuff with it. Like, you know, making it react to what you're actually asking, which same thing I feel about with ghost boxes. If it's not that it said a word, it's, can it give you an answer? Can it give you, you know, something on cue with what you're asking? And then at that, it's still, you know, if it fits so good, sometimes it's great. And the one we've been using a lot, have you, you done much with Estes method? No. Uh -uh. We love Estes method. Our, our video features like the last 15 minutes of probably, or probably last 10 minutes of the episode is my Estes method. And it is crazy. Like not to give it all away, but I mean, if you want to watch, you can watch, but it's, 
I'm sitting there doing the Estes method and behind me, it's setting off those cat balls on cue with my answers. Okay. Well, give me, if you can, if you can explain a little bit about what this method is. It's really kind of basic and core. What you do is you, you, you take away your sight. Basically, you know, you can either close your eyes, which I don't like wearing stuff over them, but I'm probably going to start wearing it in the future. But I just close my eyes. I put, noise canceling headphones on blast them as loud as I can and hook it into a ghost box. And then everyone else sets away from me and asks questions. And if I hear responses in the ghost box, not that I know if they're even asking anytime, I think I hear a solid response. I just say whatever I thought I heard. Okay. I, I definitely, I, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Um, and like, <laughs> This is like a conversation, though. You know, like in the video, we're actually having a conversation. I can't hear them, but I. The, the coolest part was as it was setting off the cat balls on the on the stage. You hear me go, "If you're walking, if you guys are walking on the stage, this is not funny." <laughs> and it's walking around setting this stuff off, and they're sitting back in theater seats. Oh and wow! They're, like, they're sitting there going, they're sitting there going, "We're nowhere near the stage," and you can just see it setting off. And I'm going, "If you're walking, it's not funny." Like, right? <laughs> it was. It was it was crazy, and my responses to them were very. Uh, I mean, there's some wild stuff. Sometimes I hear something that you know apparently it wasn't trying to say, but it's just it's an interesting method. I, I definitely am not done researching it. Right. Yeah i I had seen uh, I can't remember even who it was by, but there was uh, two people kind of doing that same thing, and I was very fascinated by it, but I didn't know that was the name of it. Yeah, I believe it was from uh, Estes Park in New York, I believe, is where they where they originally did it. And that's kind of where they named it after. But don't quote me there. That's kind of the knowledge I what little knowledge I've done on it. All I know, I didn't really research the origins of it. I was like, okay, that sounds really cool. I'm going to try it. Yeah. And now now my crew members, as soon as I as soon as I get my headphones, literally, I could be digging through the equipment and. I'll grab, I'll go to grab the headphones and everyone goes, me, 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 let me do it. (laughs) There's no shortage of that, which, you know, our crews made up three of the members from was OVPRI. That was our original team. And then we said resurrection paranormal because we were resurrecting our career after all that time away. Right. Um, Now who, what, who like give a shout out to your team members if you want to. Okay. My wife, Amanda McAllister, my uh, Cody Russell, who runs the cameras for us, and Christy Powell. She's uh, a new investigator. She's a good friend of ours, good family friend. We take vacations together and everything, and she had always been interested in it. So as soon as we said, hey, we're thinking about re, you know, resurrecting the, the career, she goes, I'm in. Wherever we go, I'm in. <laughs> nice. so, so she's learning as we go. So we got one learning, me and my wife, which my wife – and me sometimes she can't make it to all of them. And then we got Cody who does not want to be in front of the cameras, but does a great job on the cameras. So, right. Right. And he does your, he does all your camera stuff. Who does your audio stuff? Uh, everything else is, well, he does all the filming, but all the editing, all that, that's pretty much me. I, I never edited a video, but I edited my first one and everyone was really happy with it. So I said, heck, I'll, I'll just keep doing this. And I actually enjoy it. Like I'll start, I'll start working on it. And I'm like, all right, that's enough. I'm done. I've done, I've got 12 minutes of footage done, which, you know, you got to comb through half an hour or more to get 12 minutes. I'm like, all right, done. Can't do it. You know, I'm taking a break. And 
five minutes later, I'm back on there going, but I could add this. Well, who, who reviews your, like your EVP stuff? Um, mostly me, but I, the, some of the crew would get some of like Christy and Amanda will also do it. My wife and Christy will, they'll review some of it. And we use, we don't necessarily like the DVR setup because the constant recording, we just, we found great results. We take, uh, trail cameras like you'd use for hunting. Right. And we set them through up throughout the house. And whenever they detect motion, they record. And that's what we use is like, kind of like our DVR. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good idea. Well, the first investigation, we come back, we, the first episode, it's not a good episode. I just don't watch it. If anyone's, if anyone thinks, Hey, I'm gonna go go subscribe to this channel. Just don't go watch the first video. Watch the latest one, (laughs) but but we got probably the best video I've ever seen in my life. Look in all fairness, we walked outside to take a break in all fairness. Everybody knows that, you know, shows are a build-up so you're going to change no matter what you're going to start out you don't know quite what you're doing with you know audio and video and how you want this thing to go but eventually it starts to pan out and you know that keeps people gripped to your show so there you got that going for you well that's the one thing i got going for me right now i can tell you that much (laughs) the, the second one was way better but the video we had in the first one is probably the best paranormal video I've ever recorded. In all the cases I've done, we walk outside and next to the staircase, you can see a little girl's head and then it disappears, goes between the spindles of the ladder and disappears into the floor. Oh, wow. Uh, We're actually sending it off to be reviewed on some TV shows, paranormal TV shows and everything else. It is like my wife, we're, we're sitting there and I'm getting ready to go to bed. And my wife's reviewing the trail cameras and I feel her hand just start smacking me. And I'm like, what? And she goes, flips it over. And I go, oh my God. I was like, thanks you. Thank you for hitting me. I was like, now uh, I start dialing everybody who's involved in it. I was like, watch the video. Tell me what you think. And then I get a text back. Oh my God. Are you serious? <laughs> nice. So that was crazy to come back. And the craziest part, people don't realize our first episode, which is a, uh, almost a one hour episode we shot from the time we rolled up to the time we rolled out. I'm talking equipment unpack and pack back in. We shot the whole episode in two and a half hours. Oh, nice. We only had two and a half hours. The building, they go, we'll let you in, but you only got two and a half hours. And we're like, uh, I guess it's going to be like a 10 minute episode. And c- where was that at? Can you say? No. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, um, the escape zone in Blair, Ohio. It's actually down from the Blair house and the owner, Cindy is a great person. If anyone is looking for an amazing haunted location, look up the escape zone. I'm telling you that place for an hour and a half, I have two doors come open at me. One of them gets like pretty well thrown at me and that child apparition, just so many audio hits. I had a burn, like a burning hand put on me to the point I had to like, like kind of step away from the situation because it in two and a half hours and that includes shooting interviews. So yeah, definitely check that place out. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're out there, you know, go visit this place. And, and a great owner. I can't say enough about how nice Cindy is. She still to this day watches my videos and w- looks at my posts and everything. And 
puts a like or a comment on everything I do. Oh, nice. That's cool. Very involved, very motivated and loves this field. So what is, what is your most used piece of equipment? Oh, oh, that's a good question. Most like the, that we use or like the ghost I interact with or what? Well, like when you go to a location, what is like your go-to piece of equipment? Oh man, that's so hard. It's probably a voice recorder. Cause that's the first thing I set up. Uh, <laughs> our camera, <laughs> be honest with you. Cause we've caught EVPs on our camera. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, you, you pull that audio right from that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably our most used. I mean, we obviously we have to shoot with it, but I mean, I've caught so much evidence just on it. Right. But uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, rim pods, I've got some great responses on rim pods. Uh, that's tough to say. I, I wish it was my box I designed, but no, I ain't got nothing with it yet. Yeah, so it, audio is definitely going to be the the go-to thing it's, it's mine too and it's usually everybody else's they grab that digital recorder and they you know because that, that's to me that's like the most compelling evidence well video and audio that's your two like that's your two main pieces of evidence is things you record on video and things you record on audio Th- that is true you know? all except for orbs <laughs> yeah well everyone's going to hate me in part two and I don't post orbs, but I have one that I want everyone to watch. Well, sure. I mean, there's always that, there's always that exception, but for the most part, we all know that, you know, these things moving around is pretty much dust and pollen. Oh, dust bugs and all that. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm the first one to dismiss everything except that this is the first video that i have something on there that i'm like okay we all need to check this out and i sent it off to a bunch of people and then they all looked at it and they go yeah i would at least post that and let people make their own conclusion the the first time i ever caught a rod on video i was blown away i'm like man what's this this is something else you know and then i started looking into it and i'm like hmm you know what that kind of looks like a bug it looks like a moth and just how that's just you can tell if you start to put it if you would put it all together it would be one bug <laughs> oh oh absolutely that's the you know same thing i did i seen one i was like oh look like a spirit spirit rod that's you know and then we learned from it you know but this is that one where you know those ones the one that gets you where you're like okay i can't simply just dismiss this one right you want to everything inside you says dismiss it but then you're like but it's not exactly explainable as any of those things. Right. Self-illumination is usually the giveaway. If if it's completely pitch black and you're picking it up with your camera, uh, it's that would be a best safe bet that it, it could be something uh, to do with paranormal. How about self-illuminating but pulsating? Oh, nice. That's a new one for me. <laughs> that's that's why I can't dismiss it. I want to dismiss it, but I, I can't. And like I've already got people messaging me because at the end of our thing, I ended it on a cliffhanger. And I've already got a message of me. What was in that video? I was like, 
uh, you'll have to wait till part two. <laughs> right. And I got my own cousin who's mad at me because I won't tell him yet. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, light light can reflect. It, light is a very mysterious thing, but uh, light is almost like the paranormal. But when you have something self-illuminating and describe it, what you're going with this pulsating yet to boot. Yeah, that, that definitely sounds like it would be some kind of paranormal uh, event right there. Oh, absolutely. And that's what the thing with us, with our show so much is, is, yeah, I'm going to tell you my opinion. I'm going to say, you know, we think it said this. But I also want to just tell people, uh, we don't know. We're not saying, some of this we're not saying is 100%. We don't, we just don't know. We're throwing out there what we feel is, and then letting you decide for yourself. Right. So you're, you're, you sit on that, on that fence and you say it's plausible. This is plausible paranormal activity that we believe. Oh, absolutely. Everything I say, you'll, you'll hear me right before I say it. I go, we believe it's this because that's literally I'm telling you why I'll explain. I'll even sometimes go into detail like that child apparition. And I made a whole video of me just saying, this is why I feel it is. These are the things about it. You make your own conclusion. But to me, this is what it is. You know, and that's, that's kind of where we, where we throw it out there. I think that's the best thing to do instead of just telling people what it is, just say, Hey, here's what we're presenting. You tell us your thoughts. Exactly. Yeah, I, I love that. Because in this paranormal field, uh, there's very few, like, absolutes. <laughs> so you really got to, you really just got to, remember you said you had to have a clear mind, but you got to have a clear, open mind, absolutely. You have to be open to the fact that maybe it is or maybe it isn't. And, you know, when, whenever you can't explain it, that's whenever you have to cross the bridge. Right, because then you get into the blind believers, and I hate to say blind believers, but that's basically what they are. They see something, and they automatically go straight to paranormal without any kind of thought process to what it might be. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what this, uh, that's, well, let's just say uh, it's popular. <laughs> that's why a lot of these things are popular is because a lot of people, they want to believe so strong that they believe anything is paranormal as opposed to, you know, very actually probably very little on, on these things are actually paranormal or they might be, I don't know. I can't say, cause I'm not there. That's my biggest thing. Whenever people ask me, well, what happened here on this video that I, I, same thing I tell them whenever they say, well, convince me there's th that ghost are real. I said, I can't convince you. Right. You, that's up to you. I said, if you want to come with me and learn for yourself, that's fine. I'll take you along. But I said, I could show you a million videos. I could show you all the evidence. I could tell you every story, but you're not going to believe me. You need to experience it for yourself, or maybe you don't want to experience it for yourself. Right. And each person, you know, their experiences are, everyone's experiences are going to be different. You and I could walk into, you know, Waverly Hills and, you know, you might not even blink an eye at anything and maybe I'll be running out the door. So everyone's experience is different, but that doesn't make it proof because our bodies are, you know, this huge reactor of different meters. 
Well, I, 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 I agree. And I also disagree with you there. I think it makes it proof, but I think it makes it proof for you. Well, yes, yes, absolutely. You, you are definitely right. Uh, it is proof for the person experiencing it. Yeah, and this is a very uh, like I can understand wanting to watch it if you're if you're not in the field, and I can understand the excitement of it and watching all this stuff. But it's a very personal thing, so it's almost like you're, you you got to do kind of have to put blind trust in the person you're watching if you really want to get that involved in it. Well, yeah, I mean that's understandable too, but I mean you can't put all your you can't put all the eggs in the same basket type of thing because you don't know who that person is and you want to believe them. And you, most people do. I mean, I believe you, uh, until you prove me wrong. So I have no, you know, I I don't go at anything saying, Hey, this person's not telling the truth or they're lying or whatever. It is totally like you said, it is, it's what you experience and how you perceive it to make it believable. Oh, absolutely. And this is one of the, oh, another reason we came back is I told you, well, I don't, I told you my kids are fans of that show. Well, they're also very, very, well, now I'll tell you just how, but interested in this field uh, to the point that, that I know my kids, they're great kids. They are, they're amazing kids, but they, they're going to get involved no matter how, no, no matter what I'd. So I said, I'm going to teach them the right way. So that's what we do is training of our kids. So let like me ask, the, let me ask you this. I didn't mean to cut you off. Now you, oh, go ahead. you're going to get your kids involved. How old are your kids? If you don't mind me asking. They're getting ready to, well, they're 18 and a half, 16 and a half and getting ready to be 14. Okay. So they're, they're older children because I, yeah. I hear people now and again be like hey you know we try to explain to our child what this is and you know they're 10 years old and i'm like you think that's a good idea but each person's different that's why i was asking. yeah we're we're taking a, a very safe approach and i tried to you know because when are my kids my kids now have their own tiktok channel and their own youtube channel which is going to be dropping their first video and what we do is we took them to like local legends like uh you know like a story of something happening at a we call it white lady point at home but you know what i'm talking about insert name here of yeah the like, local legend like an urban legend type of thing yeah so but this one actually panned out pretty good like their episode's gonna have a pretty good amount of stuff in it but uh we took them out there with voice recorders and ghost box and a few k2 meters and stuff like that and just kind of taught them how we do things under our supervision, making sure that they're not, you know, doing anything dark or anything like that. And that's kind of how they're learning. But yeah, they're, they're at the age now. They're just a few years from being adults, you know, the youngest. So we feel like maybe it'd be better to teach them as opposed to them watching this stuff on, you know, on these shows. And then they're up here with a Ouija board doing something, you know, something <laughs> bad. <laughs> right. Then, then things will be knocking at your door that you don't want. That's exactly right. So we thought, you know, it's very controversial and I understand not everyone's going to agree with that part, but, you know, teach their own, always say, and, you know, don't judge me until you walked in my shoes, but this is what we felt like would be best. We're taking it very slow with them. Their interest. If I, if I just tell them, no, it's going to make them want to do it twice as much. Exactly. So I figured let's teach them and that's what we're aiming for with them. So we're doing the adult channel. They're watching what the adult channel does, but then they're doing their own thing during their times of filming. Right. 
I mean, it's it would go something like, um, like I like I said, I, I heard people they talk about uh, having their young ones uh, get involved, which is actually it's not a bad idea because I wish someone would have told me what it was that I was experiencing when I was eleven years old and paranormal activity was happening around me. So I did not know, and we didn't have TV shows or anything like that. So, in fact, I don't think we didn't even have Internet at that time. So it was like, (laughs) let's just put it this way. My first experience, I didn't sleep for four days. (laughs) Oh, I I could imagine. See, I, I went through my whole life thinking I had near paranormal experiences. Enough that I believed, but I also couldn't, you know, I was always like, I don't know. I feel like I believe, but I, but I don't know. And then I got involved in the field and the first couple cases were just nothing. And I was like, maybe though this is not real. And then I hit my third case, which is one of our most notorious, just an old abandoned house down home. And we didn't know what we were getting into. We didn't even have cameras. We had nothing. I didn't have a cell phone back then. <laughs> so we're, there's, I mean, you know, we literally went to this place with like a voice recorder and a couple other stuff. We could sit there and watch the people of the house walk around. Like we could see their shadows moving around while we we're just sitting there investigating. Wow. Like, and we're like, okay, maybe this is how all haunted places are. Turns out, no, that was a really rare hunt. And, uh, <laughs> The funniest thing to happen there was we were sitting there one night. It was like their third night there, and somebody saw us go in, even though we had permission. It was, you know, they, they the owners called us. Never told us what, what the claims was till after we already left. And we, we so we finally, we leave and we're like, hey, where was your claims here? And they said, we woke up one night and the bed was floating on the ground, floating off the ground. The door slammed in front of our face. We left and moved to Orlando. I'm like, mm, that would have been nice to know prior to me walking in here. <laughs> but that's actually a good thing because you didn't know anything. And you like, I'm a big fan of, I don't want to know history of anything until after I'm completely done. Then that, that gives me a verification if something happens. Yeah. I, I For the show's purpose, I kind of come into it. I won't do anything ahead of time. Like I do very little to no research on the place. And then I come there and I hear their stories right on the, right on the spot. And the reason I do that is I want my reactions to their stories to be genuine. I want my thought process to be able to process right then and there. So, right. And that's, that's not a big issue because uh, especially if you have a team that is, uh, helping with the evidence review, then that's when it all starts to come into play. Oh, absolutely. And, but I don't know. It's, it's like I said, it's a, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, it's so how, how having a mindset in there, like it's hard for me sometimes is you'll get excited for a case, but then you got to tell yourself, you're like, just calm down. You can't, you know, you can't come in here ready to go. You can't be (laughs) amped up because the, but like the theater, that was a, that was kind of like a bucket list place for us. We all heard about it. No one had ever really hunted it. And this, even the, the owner goes, one team came in here and he's like, but I want to see what you guys get. And we're like, okay. 
So it's like a bucket list place for us. So the whole day I'm like, yeah, we're going down there. We're getting excited. I'm bouncing around and I'm like, wait a minute, got to come back down. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with getting excited. Oh, I, I, you could see it in the interview that I'm like containing it, but I'm like, oh God, I can't wait to start. But I'm like, I'm <laughs> containing it. I'm like, I even said in the interview, I said, I have a feeling something's going to happen tonight. And uh, it didn't let me down, but, uh, <laughs> but it just, I had, I had this feeling, which I don't know everyone. I don't know on the show yesterday, everyone says I'm psychic or something like that. And they, they don't, they, they feel that I am, but uh, I don't know how it is. I can just tell you when something's in the room or something's, I've never put a label on it. I'm just a paranormal investigator, but, but you have, can you have you a sixth sense type I, of thing, right? You, you like, you have empath type qualities. Uh, yeah, I can tell the emotion of, of whatever's in there, if it's angry, if it's something like that, or if it's kind of got a negative, um, like a, a darker, you know, thing to it. I can feel that. I can tell you whenever they're leave. I can tell you whenever they're annoyed with me because I'm not listening to them. That's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, I've been trying to tell you freaking all night, and you're not listening to a word I'm saying. Isn't it? That's like, like it's like kids, I, I isn't that it? One a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, well, this episode you can kind of see it. Uh, you can kind of see it in this episode. Is that I'm a, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there doing a ghost box, and I'm like a ghost box section, and I'm like, uh, is anyone here that wants to talk to us? And you hear, yeah, yeah, all of us. I don't hear this live. I don't hear none of this. <laughs> and, then, and then I say, I guess I don't want to talk to us. It goes, did he not hear us? That's what you hear come across the box. And I'm like, I'm watching this review going, oh, I'm so sorry. I got to go back there and apologize to him and see, <laughs> see if they want to talk more now. Because <laughs> the whole night I wasn't listening to him and they were talking. I just couldn't hear it. Wow. Sounds, it sounds like it was definitely exciting. Uh, so it was a fun place, you know, and, uh, it's a over hundred year old building. So it old, uh, it's like a, it was built in 1914. It's an old school theater and uh, that kind of stuff gets me excited. So uh, tell me what, what do you have for the future? What, what is your future looking like for uh resurrection paranormal? Well, case wise, we're going to a haunted hospital. Uh, the, which shouldn't take too long. You ain't got too many guesses. And in West Virginia, there you go. I'll eliminate it a little bit more. <laughs> and then we're doing um, a couple haunted schools. I got a funeral home. I got a whole small village that's abandoned that we're going to investigate. Uh, what else do we have? I have a saloon slash brothel. We have a couple old mansions and I got two right now castles castles yeah and that's that's just the big places uh plus we already have five residentials scheduled so far but we uh obviously those should fill in a lot more okay so you you definitely have sounds like some uh some exciting places coming up and and some big big plans that's that's i'm a shoot for this i'm a shoot for the shoot for the moon type of guy i just i want to go and put all my energy into something whenever I do it. I don't do something half-hearted. Right. Yeah. Go, go at it full throttle. You know, 
I, I'm waiting on this Oracle, by the way. As soon as I saw your comment, I was like, I, I have to see this Oracle. I have no clue what it is, <laughs> but the name plus knowing it's a, it's ITC, right? Yes. Okay. Knowing it's ITC and knowing the, seeing the name, I was like, I got to see this now. I, I, I got to see it. Like I'm big, I'm a big tech person. So anything new that's coming out, like here, here's your low tech. And someone will probably steal this before now. If they if they watch this, they'll be like, "Oh crap! I'm gonna be him to the punch." <laughs> this is just low tech, but but a way to make a basic piece of equipment more effective. We're going to make a bracket that holds dowsing rods, and so I can set it on a tripod, so no one holds it. Oh, interesting. But but so then, that that would kind of defeat the purpose, though, because it's using your uh, energy to move the the rods. But then you got the human element. Well, yeah, you're, oh, okay. you're the element. <laughs> well, no, baby, but you could be altering it. I, I could, I could show you ways that I could move a dowsing rod without even you seeing it on camera. Well, sure. I mean, absolutely. I mean, anything can be manipulated, but in general theory, is you are the conduit and the spirits moving the the rod. So I, I totally get putting them on on a. Uh, a tripod and then letting the energy move it. That's our goal. We're, we're going to see what happens with it. This is, this is that experimentation thing. Like it may not work or it may work, but I think it's going to be worth a shot. And then we're going to put meters obviously around it and stuff. So in case it moves, maybe it'll set them off confirming as well. Right. And yeah. I've, I've even thought about if it's active, we're going to put an SLS camera on it too to see if it can detect a stick figure while it's moving. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. I I'm one of them evidence on top of evidence type of person. Like as soon as something's working, I'm like, okay, cool. Let's stick four more pieces of equipment over there and see if one of them go off too. Now we got two things confirming it. Now it makes it more solid. Right, and that's basically. I know that's how I am. I am big on. I I need to have tons of evidence before I go to that plausibility of the paranormal. Oh, absolutely. You have to, you know, you, that's kind of our, our, I hate to use the word responsibility, but I think it is. It's our responsibility to try to be debunkers and try to be, try to advance the field. Like try our best to do, leave some kind of mark on the field. If you get what I'm saying. Right. No, I totally understand. And you know, I have, I have hundreds of residential and business locations under my belt, but I've never once told a homeowner that their house is haunted. I can't do that consciously because I can't prove it. But, you know, I can say, hey, you have some really interesting stuff going on there, and it's definitely worth the research. I can say I have told him it's haunted, but I'm very, I'm very cautious about that. And I actually outright refused this probably, uh, it's probably frowned upon, but I refused a client their own evidence and I destroyed it and went, went away with it because I found out through her boyfriend that she was doing dark stuff to get that stuff there so she could get a TV show there. Wow, that's uh, yeah, that's not good. So I, I just felt like it was in best interest of everybody to you know not do that because 
she didn't quite realize what game she was playing with. And I, I tried to talk to her when she wouldn't listen to me. I said, okay, we're going to leave and we're just going to remove everything. Yeah, no, I, I totally don't blame you for that. I, in fact, I think I would have done the same thing. I'd have been mad going into a place and then finding out that someone was, you know, conjuring up evil spirits and entities and, you know, you can get yourself an attachment. Yeah. And that's uh, something that, that went through my mind. I was like, I got new investigators here who are new to this field and you put them in jeopardy. I, I, I was, that was my last case I worked before I quit. Right. And I left that case. I put everything up. Actually, I sold most of it within like a week of that. I called a couple teams and they're like, yeah, yeah absolutely. We'll take everything. Cause I, I was just done. I, well, it's, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things, but, uh, uh, that was a big one. I just kind of was done. I was kind of fed up. And obviously you, you've been, how long have you been in the field? I've been in almost 25 years. Okay. So you've been in longer than I even been. So you, you, <laughs> you can, uh, there's this thing called paradrama <laughs> that played a nice role in me leaving last time as well. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, I understand parunity and I see it starting to come together a little bit more, but for the longest time, it was cutthroat. I mean, everyone was out to get everyone to get famous. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's all everyone was trying to do. And that's what kind of ran into us. Like, we we would get a good case and we would call a friend. Uh, and we would be like, hey, you know, won't you come in with us? And, you know, c- c- come look at this place and help us out with it. And the next thing we know, they're setting up a TV deal with that, with that, you know, with that place and like basically pushing us out. Right. And and, and you see that quite yeah. often now. And, and, you know, like I, that's why I say when I, when I look into having people as guests on this show, I want to make sure that these people are um, legitimate investigators and not out for you know, fame and glory and things like that. Yeah. I like, don't get me wrong. I would, I would love to have a bunch of subscribers and, and be able to put more money into this by having it, give me some money so I could actually, you know, keep up better equipment and all that, but I'm not really seeking, you know, the big fame and all that. I, if it, if it ever came, I'd love it, but I'm not really aiming that way. Exactly. And, and that's totally acceptable. I, I accept that. I mean, it's like I never charged for uh, doing an investigation, but I never refused a donation either because that helps me continue on with my research and investigation. But there's far too many people. I, well, I'm not sure about it now, but there was a time where people would call me up and say, hey, can you come investigate our house? You know, we called this person. They want to charge us all this money. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> well. No, I've never charged for an investigation. Um, I have, as you said, had people buy me meals or something when I'm there, which I usually tell them, you don't have to do that. And then they, some of them like, no, we insist, you know, stuff like that. I, I've had that or I've had somebody say, hey, we just wanted to give you a little bit for gas money for coming out. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. Next thing I know, there's 40 bucks sitting in my, uh, you know, my equipment case before I leave, before I realize it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. I think that that's wonderful. You're you're given all your time and your energy to find out what's going on in their home or business. So 
I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes I would go to an investigation. I wouldn't even bring a lunch or anything. I would be with no food <laughs> and I'd be five hours away from home. Oh yeah. Because, because our whole mind on the way down there is we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to check, you know, we need to ask this. You're, you're, you're thinking everything through except the common things that you need to <laughs> survive for the day. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, that, that's, you know, that's the crazy part. Like I said, we never asked for money. I I've received a couple times, you know, to me, I, like it's kind of like the, there's an adrenaline rush, but it's also like a science thing. It's like a mixture of everything, and this time it's so much more fun than last time. So I, I have a feeling it's you know we're gonna be around for a little while. Well, that's good, and uh, you know I I had such a great time talking with you tonight. I, I'm really glad that you reached out and uh, decided to come on this this episode with us. Uh, how can people, if, if someone's having a paranormal experience, uh, where can they reach you at? Uh, the best place to go is look for Resurrection Paranormal. You can look us up on, we're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. If you want to hit us up on YouTube, you can write me a message. You can email us at uh, resurrectionparanormal1 at gmail.com. Yeah, somebody took the one. <laughs> and, uh, you can reach us there. You should be able to reach us on Twitter, but I don't think anyone's really going that range. I guess we have an Instagram uh, if you want to look us up there, but it's all Resurrection Paranormal. You can get a hold of us there, but the email, um, that's about the only – I haven't set up anything completely yet for contact. It's kind of just been word of mouth and uh, my Facebook, which is uh, Mike McAllister. Okay, awesome. Uh, go ahead and give your team one more shout-out. Resurrection Paranormal, and the members are Mike McAllister, Amanda McAllister, Cody Russell, and Christy Powell. Awesome. And eventually, possibly your kids. And and, and the res, and actually, they got their own name. It's Resurrection Paranormal University. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we, we figured we'd go with the educational route. So we can, we can look forward to seeing some big things from them in the future. Absolutely. They, they got all the, uh, energy and the, you know, what to with this. So it's going to be great. <laughs> all right, Mike. Well, I'll tell you what, I had a, a fantastic time this evening and, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where you're going. That's for sure. Well, thank you very much for having me on here. All right, my friend, I will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. So there you have it. Uh, Resurrection Paranormal. Sound like they got some good things coming up. And uh, it was definitely an honor to uh, talk to them, guys. I love to hear about their experiences and, and, and get into their mind a little bit on how they uh, work their uh, investigations, you know, what they, what they do. I like to get into that uh, because, you know, I miss doing it, and that's exactly why I got into this uh, podcasting, so that I could get others' experiences and pass it on to our listeners, so they know what's going on. Now, here's a word of caution. 
Paranomaly Podcast, its affiliates, and its hosts do not verify or check the validity of any person, team, or its members. Now, Paranomaly Podcast highly advises that you proceed with caution when contacting any person or team before allowing them into your home or business. Now, the JIT Paranormal Research Investigation Team won't charge you a fee to investigate your home or business, but they do, however, accept donations to help further their research and investigation if you shall choose. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in tonight, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow to receive notifications when new content of Paranomaly Podcasts is made available. Hey, if you believe you have something paranormal happening in your home or business, if you believe you've seen a UFO, hey, send us an email. Give us your suggestions. Give us uh, your stories, your comments, uh, paranomalypodcast at gmail.com. You can visit us at www.paranomalypodcast.com for more content and information, including all of our social links. Hey, thanks again for uh, listening, and I hope to to uh, see you on the next episode. So <laughs> thanks very much. Have a good one, everyone. <laughs>